Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Are we ready to do this, boys? Uh, can I grab some water quick? Damn it. Do you know when <laughs> Why don't you grab water before you come to the fucking podcast, Brady? Like Jeez. At least this fridge is close by. Unreal. Yeah, don't worry. Every I'll... time. No, not every even time. not even sometimes, every time. Took a little break, like a long one. It wasn't very fun. No one enjoyed it. But you know what? Every time you hear this song, when the Canucks win, you win. The PP1 podcast is proud to bring you another Canucks post-game win. We got Ted. We got Brady. And we got me, Ryan. Boys, somehow, some way, the Canucks pulled it off. I, I I'm still a little bit stressed out because I think the game still might be going, and it, I, I was very nervous. Um, but they won, and it is now three to two for Vegas in the series, so it's not over. The Canucks are still standing. Brady, you're in a new dig. What did you think, man? Uh, first, first Canucks win. In my new house in Burnaby, so I'm like, am I officially a Vancouver right now? I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, very stressful game. Just I can't believe we did it. Uh, I don't know if we did it. That's your Demko did it. Forty three saves, rookie first playoff game, and he was absolutely stellar. First, I believe he was the first rookie goaltender to debut in the playoffs and get the win while the team is facing elimination. Since Jose Theodore of 1997. It's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, I was four years old in 1997. So you don't remember like we do? No. No, I don't. <laughs> All some... I remember of Jose Theodore was him being a really bad goaltender. He had some oh, man. Jose Theodore was an amazing goaltender for a period of time. There. He was probably the best guy in the NHL. I mean, at least in that conversation. I mean, the guy was was in the in Desna runnings. I mean, MVP. he kind of came out of nowhere too, right? Yeah, and his hair was amazing. Oh, man, he's so handsome. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Vanessa Jang tweeted something out kind of about like t- – uh, Put out a gif of your very first time you remember a team winning a Stanley Cup. And I had to think about it for a while. But for me, it was actually like, two, I believe it was 2001 when Sackick handed the cup to Ray Bork. Like, oh, that's pretty That cool. is a great moment. That was the year the Canucks drafted Fedor Fedorov. That was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> and he got one punch. Which made Kevin Bieksa make the team. So great year. So really. That aged well. And Ted, um, you know. We're all very excited about this. What what what's your two cents on uh, the beginning of this? 
What do you think? Oh man, that was an absolute shit kicking and it wasn't by us. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we won that game. I don't know. Well, I know how we won the game, Brady. You said it earlier, Thatcher Demko, right? I mean, that guy showed up. Uh, so if we learned anything, uh, we know that the kid can play, right? So just like that, after many months of calm and easy, could there possibly be another goaltending controversy? Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, we got it. We got two days to think about it. Isn't there always goaltender controversy in Vancouver, no matter who we've gotten that? It's true. Well, we've always been blessed with some pretty solid goaltenders and not only solid goaltenders. I think we've been blessed with always a couple of good goaltenders too. Right. I mean, everybody yeah. loves the backup in Vancouver, but did you hear his comments post game? Uh, I didn't. That or, or Demko you mean, or. Yeah, Demko. He said, uh, you know, when did you find out that you were getting the start? And he's like, well, I found out last night after the game. So it sounded like it was a planned thing. And then he was like, you know, we just wanted to make sure that Marky could get some rest and sort some things out. And I don't know what sorts some things out, but obviously strange seeing him in the mask uh, up in the press box, not participating. Louis Domingue on the bench. Uh, no baking tonight for the Canuck squad. So. Um, interesting to see. I, I mean, that leads me to believe that there's something going on there with Marky for him to get removed from the game completely. Uh, and because it's playoff hockey, we'll never really know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, and Marky even had the upside down mask too. Isn't that like a, the flag of distress or whatever? When you have your fly, your yeah, it was upside down. I don't know what that was about. Like, come on, his, man. Symbolism. symbolism. His face is just you got one job. Yeah. 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 So. I don't want to take away from the, the game too quickly, but I mean, what would happen if, like, Markstrom's knee is hurt again? Like, is that going to affect the future here? Well, like, do you mean the future of these playoffs, or do you mean the future? I just mean, like, if, if Demko goes on a run here and, and Markstrom's hurt, maybe he has, like, an injury that needs surgery. Well, they said like I said, I don't want to get too far ahead of this right now. Like, we're in the playoffs, but, like, could this potentially change things? I didn't, didn't they say it was a groin? Oh. There's a groin injury I tonight. I, I don't know if they've confirmed it. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was. I just last time I saw it was just uh, lower body injury. But okay. uh, if you've seen the groin, I'm not sure. Okay. It's probably a lower back injury from carrying this team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upper back, lower back, mid back, pretty much the entire back. Um. Yeah. I, you know, I think we've talked about this so many times this year, guys. I think, uh, you know, and, and Vegas actually is in a very similar boat as us where they, they carry two very good and very qualified goaltenders and where it's an absolute lux luxury. And we really saw that tonight to have a goaltender that hasn't really played any meaningful hockey games in five plus months to step in and do the damn thing. Mm hmm. I mean, he looked he looked downright dominant at times. He looked a little shaky to start, like his rebound. He looked confident, nutty. Yeah, but but even though he was he was like his rebound control was was a little bit out of whack. He was still he was still making his way around the puck, around the crease easily. Uh, you know, blocker saves dialed in right. I mean, I think uh, there was some concern there at first, but the team knew that you know this is this is a goalie net. We got to give this guy every chance. So anytime he was looking behind him, they were there cleaning out pucks. They were, uh, you know, they were going right to the house to defend him, uh, just like they needed to. So if there was any doubt in his mind whatsoever, or any wonkiness in his mind, he didn't look like he had any doubt. But if there was any any wonkiness, that team was was there to cover up for him. Uh, well, he found his game because boy, did he find his game, you know, late in the first and then on through the second and third. Absolutely. Brady, what did you think of Demko? I, uh, I've always been a big Demko supporter. I would love for him to, you know, keep playing in Vancouver for a while. 
Um, and I love that it adds kind of to the controversy in a sense. Uh, you know, we saw Demko, we saw him play and get a stretch of games when Markstrom went down and he was able to play pretty decent, had some bad bounces back then. But now we're getting another shot to see him play again. And I'm all over it. Like, I mean, the Canucks are down three to one. Like, why not throw Demko in there? Why not test, uh, you know, see what we have going for the future? And you got to know that Seattle Kraken are probably watching this game, like with pen and pad out, right? Uh, but overall, I was like really stoked on Demko's game. Like he was, like I, like I said, I thought he was solid from start to finish. Um, and if it wasn't for Shea Theodore, absolutely undressing three Canucks. Like, that was a crazy goal for the defender. I don't even know if a guy like Quinn Hughes can pull something like that off. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, an amazing game from Demko, and I I would be stoked to see him in game six. Well, you know what's pretty awesome about Thatcher Demko? He's always very relevant when it comes to uh, Will Ferrell and uh, his goalie mass, and uh, I think he believes in one thing, you guys. Gene, if you ain't first, you're last. You know, what I'm talking about that phrase, trademark, not to use you outside the tradition, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> if you saw on the back of his mask, he always has, uh, you know, a Will Ferrell reference of some kind. He's got stepbrothers on one of his lids. Um, this one, he's got Ricky Bobby on the back. Um, I, I love that uh, that Thatcher Demko, he's, he's such a smart guy, but I don't think he takes himself too, too seriously. Um, I, I tweeted last night when all this came down, I was kind of right in the pregame. And I, I, the one thing I thought and everything that I believe I know about Demko is, I said, if Demko does play, he's as cool as a cucumber. And I think tonight, like his rebound control, he didn't really give up many rebounds. And the ones he did, somehow they came back to him, like, you know, flukily, I suppose, if that's even a word. Um, but it just seemed like he, he rose to the occasion and pressure really didn't seem to matter to him. He did this for Utica, and the only reason that Utica lost and it wasn't him. You know, they just didn't score enough goals. Like he kept them going through their big run uh, a couple seasons ago. So I think for him, he's been through this before, and he knows how to handle this type of game. Obviously, the NHL is a way better product, way better talent, um, and he faced guys that made sure that they tested him. He faced about a billion shots tonight, give or take. Um, we'll have to see what the advanced stats say, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to that. Um, uh-huh. I, I really I really liked that everything that he faced, whether it was a good angle, a bad angle, um, whether he was square, like he just seemed to know where deflections were going to be. He he just kind of had that, you know, that that spidey sense to know, you know, kind of where things might be going. Um, and Brady, you were saying like you're a big fan of him. I am, too. I think if this does become a controversy, however, this season ends, um, the Canucks, they might have a pretty tough decision to make. So, um, thankfully, we got one win tonight, and it keeps things going. I wasn't ready for this to be over. But, uh, you know, thank goodness we do have Thatcher Demko because I can't imagine Louis Domingue was going to be ready for, you know, um, a potential record-breaking save kind of night. So, Yeah, drive scared, man. Drive oh, scared. Jeez. You know, he almost reminded me a bit of like his calm and cool demeanor reminded me of Corey Schneider back in like 2010, 2011, you know, when he would, when he'd go in for Luongo, he just, you knew he'd be solid. And it's really good to see also both goaltenders. Like they both have played now played in their first playoff series officially Mm -hmm. in the first starts. And, you know, you never really know what you're going to get out of a goaltender, no matter how good he is in the regular season, but it's great to see both of them, you know, stopping 40 plus pucks and doing it with confidence. Absolutely. 
you get the impression that those guys don't give a fuck. They just go in there and they do their jobs. They do the same job they did day one, all the way up into this. You know, what are we second round already? We're we're halfway through, or three quarters of the way through the second round. So they don't look any different than when they're dialed in the regular season. I think that's a really good point, Ryan. It's uh, uh, Brady. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I think. I like the point about the Utica thing too. I mean, both these guys had really long playoff runs in Utica. Um, you know, the Boston college comparison and Corey Schneider, they do look a lot alike. Um, but I think the one thing we're sort of like maybe just a little bit overlooking or maybe even possibly forgot a little bit is as cool and as calm as Thatcher Demko is, he's obviously a fiercely competitive dude. Right. And um, that comes to, you know, his agent, you know, poking Benning saying, Hey, make a move here. I need to be up in the NHL. I don't need to be down here in Unica. I'm ready to be an NHL goaltender at this point in time. I mean, and he kind of forced Jimbo's hand at that point to make a move and get rid of Honors Nilsson uh, and make him an NHL. And all he's done from that point on is proven that he belongs. Yeah. That it, it, kind of the long game, right? Like, yeah, they, uh, at some point he's going to force uh, Jimbo's hand again. Um, and it may be a trade or a contract or whatever, but I think now, again, we're looking at two guys, and we've been talking about this all year. We've been talking about the Seattle expansion draft. We've been talking about a potential trade. We've been talking about signings. And it seems like every time it comes up, it's just as relevant as it was the last time that we chatted about it. Now the stakes are a little bit higher. Um, but again, I, I think the Canucks are, you know, I made the joke about, uh, I think it was the the post either my Canucks army one or on Blundale network there, like the Canucks are playing with house money. They're, they're further than I think they deserve to be Clear, yeah. Clearly tonight was a, a perfect example of that. I mean, watching that game and being tied after one, you know, was it, they were up two one after two. I think they scored just before, didn't they? It was up one, nothing, I believe. Or one one sorry one 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 go one one going After into the two. second we were yeah. absolutely were, uh, lucky to be tied yeah they were defending the lead for so long I lost track yeah like it yeah. just it became just them you know and they all the guys on the panel were talking about it too like you know if you keep throwing the puck out they're just gonna reload and come back in and that's all you saw almost the whole game the chances they got they you know they made work but man like that has got to be I mean it's it's tough to watch. It's got to be brutal to play that style of hockey and feel like, hey, you know, we're still in it, guys. Like, yeah, like we see that, but it's not fun. Like, I can't imagine that's going to be exciting. Be like, guys, we got a big game sick. Like, you're going to get absolutely trucked if you play that way again. Can't do that. Mm -mm. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was funny that. You know, you kept they kept looking up to Jacob Markstrom in the final minutes of the game, and he looked like he was probably more stressed watching the game than he would be in the game playing in that moment. You know, um, I just thought that was funny. No, I think that's a great point. I was actually going to mention that. That's such a, a, a control your controllables thing, right? And that's when you're in Jacob Markstrom's spot, and you've been in the other shoes for so long, controlling your own controllables. You can control the way you're moving around the crease, you can control how you're, you're fighting to see pucks and he's having to watch another guy do it. Ben, I guarantee you, he was stressed the fuck out for Thatcher Demko during that whole thing. For sure. We all were. And, yeah. And I really liked what uh, Burke said at the second intermission, you know, he thought the Canucks had no business being in the game, but it was, let's put that all behind us and let's go out and be the better team for 20 minutes. I, I'm not even sure the Canucks were the better team in the final 20 minutes, but they capitalized on their chances and then they closed the game out. Uh, could have been a three, one game could have been two, one, but you know, they got the win. 
Did you notice? Hang around. Did you notice? Like that's a great point, actually. Just to go back on that, it did feel like the Canucks had a little bit more in that third period. Like they they almost did in game uh, in game four, and they basically gave it away. Right? They had that lead, and we all thought, "Oh man, like they, they might end up tying this series up." And then they absolutely blew it, which was probably one of the more devastating feelings. I was angry. I was angry after that game because I just thought, you know what? They did it to us again. We all bought in. We all drank the Kool-Aid thinking they are different. And then they absolutely collapsed. But this one, it looked they looked a lot more confident, I think, going into that third. And they, they played a little bit. They knew when to press. They knew when to, um, uh, when to pinch. And it, it paid off. I mean, they scored that extra goal. And even to get a power play right at the end there, I mean, that was an icing on the cake. Um, the one thing I think we're going to have to look forward to in game six, and I hope he lives up to it, is uh, I think Kevin Bieksa has uh, he's, he's changed the landscape for us as Canucks fans. He says, damn, I'm, I'm, not damn, a, Daniel. I'm not a fan. It's, guess what? When you rock a Vancouver Millionaire's game game jacket... Apparently uh, unused because we all we've all heard that story about when his dad had the heart attack. Um, I, I just you saw it, and I, I I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you both had the exact same thought as I did. If they win, he has to wear that going forward. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought was, you know, I can't believe you know Kevin Bieksa. First of all, was wearing like a Letterman jacket on Hockey Night in Canada, but he's probably the only guy that could pull something like that off. It's 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 good to see the Canucks finally getting a win, you know, somewhere in the hockey world. Yeah, man, Juice does what he wants. <laughs> yeah, he does, and it's 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 <laughs> awesome to think that you know we could be seeing this guy, you know, doing this for for quite some time in the future here. Yeah, he's like obviously this this like he's still a young like confident man like understands his role knows the game is like unafraid to call people out, um, but also has like that sixty five year old man in him where he just doesn't give a fuck. Um, so if he's let, a hockey player and let, he still chirps, let's yeah. let's say let's just say for the sake of this podcast, let's say the Canucks get out of the series. Let's just say it happens. Does Kevin Bieksa automatically go into the Ring of Honor at that point? <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets there one day regardless, but you're right, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think he just gets there on popularity alone. He's just he's they, loved not only by the Canucks, but he's starting to be loved by, you know, a lot of other people that hated him when he did play for the Canucks. Oh man. Just just perfect though. I think that was one of those ones it caught everybody off guard. And I think it it almost loosened up. I mean, even for me, I was still pretty stressed, but I felt it just kind of calmed me down because it just loosened the mood a little bit because he, he took it down to a fan's level and he had a bit of a story about it and I, I, it was fun. I mean, we're at this point now where everything is just so random. Why not make one more thing, uh, you know, enjoyable? That's my two cents. There you go. Um, let's get into the game itself. The Canucks go down after, Brady, you talked about Shea Theodore's absolute dirtiest of dangles. Like, that's that's how it was. It was sick. It was fucking sick. It was nasty. And it just made you mad, too, because the way that game was going, they were they were kind of blocking all the shots. They were getting in lanes. And then out of nowhere, this thing pops in. And you're like, great. That's it. They, you know, we held our own for this long, and this was the goal. And then out of nowhere, Broccoli... Broccoli Besser goes and and he had a I thought he had a really good game. He goes and he gets the you know wicked pass from JT Miller, puts it in. Guys, 
this is uh this is also uh breaking news as well. For dinner tonight, totally unplanned, we had chicken and we had broccoli. <laughs> Sick. And, you uh, back on you got back on a hell diet? <laughs> what you guys are doing now? Chicken and broccoli and rice now? We didn't have any rice. Just broccoli okay. and chicken. Just it was, chicken and broccoli. It was, it was a quick dinner. So. Are you managing the macros? Is that what's going on? I don't know. It's that's what was for dinner. I don't know. Okay, cool. That, no, but you know, yeah, Brock Besser, he he was playing like he he thought he was back on the trade block again. Yeah. Uh, good I saw like some energy from Yeah, I uh, saw some energy from him and I think he had a team leading 5 shots. That's got to be like 35% of our total shots. <laughs> uh and you know, not that his goal was really, you know, a great goal by him, but it was a good goal. But you got to give a lot of credit to JT Miller for that nice pass and the great play. But, you know, Besser also worked hard to kind of, you know, get the puck to JT Miller first. Then he drove the net and kept his stick down. And, you know, it snuck under the arm of uh, Robin Leonard. So good to see Besser get on the board. Hopefully he can continue it for game six and hopefully game seven. No, I, I just, uh, I, I really like that. I think you you noted it right there. Like you, he made the nice play to Miller and then worked hard to drive the net. I think that's the key phrase. Like worked hard, right? So I don't know if Sniper Brock is coming back anytime soon, right? And that's okay because I still think that this guy can find intelligent ways to score. He's got nice hands in and around the net. Uh, and you don't need to be that guy that's overpowering goaltenders with ridiculous wrist shots, right? It's just, it hasn't been his game since the rookie season. And we've talked about that before, uh, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a productive, smart, intelligent winger. Um, and not a big fan of him not being on the first power play unit, switching spots with, with Toffoli on this one. Uh, but, you know, we got out with the win. Canucks get out with the win and, and tough to complain about things. But yeah, Brady, I think you're right. Just works hard. That's the things we need to see from Brock. And he's a bigger body than most wingers are on this team. And if he's not a physical guy, that helps you in a long playoff series when you're continually leaning on defenders, right? I think you don't need to be super physical and run guys into the boards to wear people down. And Brock is one of the few guys on this roster that has that ability, just like JT Miller does. Um, so we need to start seeing more of those intelligent, work-hard goals from Brock. And, and if, if tonight's any indication, he does have that in his game. I think uh, if you like, I kind of disagree with the power play thing. I like the fact that he's on that second unit. Clearly, mm-hmm. things weren't happening for him on the first unit, and it gives them an opportunity if there is enough time and they can still make another rush. He can still be the shooter on that second unit, and it hasn't really come up um, for the most part this playoffs. But I feel like if it does, he's the guy that should be the trigger man. And it, again, it may not happen, and they may not get a lot of ch- chances, but. Besser just he hasn't had that electric playoff run anyway. So as as much as I love Brock, he's my favorite Canuck on this current team. But at the same time, if he's not putting the puck in the net or he's not delivering, you, you gotta move to who is. And Toffoli clearly has been. So if Besser's on the second unit, that's okay. I mean, whoever's gonna score the goal, that's all that really matters. So you wanna have your best opportunity on that first unit. And they struggled a little bit tonight. Uh, especially just setting up until pretty late in all the power plays that they had. At the same time, you know, if things aren't working out, like I said, Besser is still a great option to go on that second unit. Yeah. So, um, I, hey, I think that's really cool that Brock's your favorite Canuck. I actually didn't know that. So um, that's like not a 
that's not a top two choice that I think I hear very often. So kudos to you and cheering for Prince Charming and that ridiculously awesome flow and surprisingly solid beard this playoff run oh. too. So, um, He's blessed so yeah, when I said uh, when I was talking about uh, the miss of having to fully in spot of Besser on that first power play unit, I, I meant sort of after it appeared obvious that Brock was rolling in this game, I think, hey, maybe make the change to move him out. That being said, you guys are right. Toffoli's done a really good job down low, uh, to, especially to set up the bumper and be the, the, the down low option on that play. So uh, definitely concede that. Fair enough. Um, Brady, I know you want to kind of chat about uh, the shots in this game. Shots, 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 shots. He's still on mute. Oh, you're muted, we'll, buddy. We'll give, him, that. We'll give you a Sorry, second I chance. Was, I was just looking into uh, the power play, and I was just going to say, like, Inside. you know, it's kind of it does suck that Besser is on the second unit, but, I mean, when you're converting at almost 25%, like, <laughs> obviously true. something's working. So it's hard to complain about that a little bit. Like, I mean, pick and choose your battles. Um, but I've also kind of noticed that, you know, they got they got three right hand shots on that second unit for Tannen, Gaudet, and Besser. And I don't really like that they're I don't really notice Besser there, to be honest. And they don't even have him on the left side taking that one timer. He's playing mostly on the right, but like I said, the first unit, you know, they're getting things done like twenty five percent of the time. So we're gonna get the goals from the first unit if Besser's there or not. Um, but you wanted me to talk about shots. Uh, yeah, the shots obviously were, were were terrible for the Canucks tonight. I think they had 17 or 18 in total. At one point in the game, uh, the Canucks were getting quadrupled in shots nearly. It was like 26 <laughs> to 7. Um, what I didn't like about the Canucks tonight was the fact that, you know, Travis Green said their team would be ready to play. And, you know, at the beginning, actually the first half or more of the first period and the second period, I was – I was thinking the Canucks had already packed their bags. No shots for the first I think, 10 minutes of the first period and 12 or 13 minutes of the second period. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it would be nice if we could convert a couple of those posts into goals too between this game and last game. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'd be in a different position right now. But that's okay. You know what? It's it's fine. Just because they don't get a shot until you know halfway through each period, like that's that's fine. That's that's playoff hockey, right? Isn't that that's isn't that how, yeah? Isn't goalies it? get cold when they have I think to stand? They were, uh, yeah. I, I I always I love hearing about these goals. It's like, oh no, he needs a lot of work to be good. <laughs> Ain't no goalie want like a ton of work to be good. Every goal in the league want like a twenty shot game. I tell you that for free. Mm. But like, <laughs> except for Thatcher Demko and Jason Markstrom. Yeah, but I'm just telling you what they want. If you get forty five shots thrown at you, are gonna do everything you can to stop them. But you're, yeah, you're right. It was, uh, it was almost like, uh, it was like Ali versus Frazier, and they were trying to institute the rope a dope, right? Like it was that is not a good plan. You were not Muhammad Ali. Figure your shit out. Did you notice? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, you, they, they, you're right. They better get it figured out. Um, the one thing I, I've noticed about Vegas, and I think it's a really, really close parallel. Um, I'm not sure how big of uh, soccer fans you guys are. Do they not play essentially like the German national team plays? Basically like full-on possession for, you know, what, 80 minutes, and then they go ham on it for the last 10, get their goals, and get out of there? I think Vegas yeah, has basically done that. Isn't that what Daman Shaft's known for? Like, for just basically having you run around. I think somebody explained this to me once that it was like you might as well tie a ball to a car and a string and drive it around a parking lot and ask somebody to catch it. 
And then you're right. They just turn the they just turn on the boosters with like ten minutes left in the game, and then there's just nothing left. Yeah. So, so it does really seem like that. Those guys, those guys, back check in the defensive zone with such skill and such poise that while the while the Canucks are breaking up the puck on the half boards to get the puck from the half boards to the the forward skating winger or center there's already a forward that skated back from the corner to, to to then work to intercept that pass i don't know if you see it but that's where the intercept happens every single time and vegas is just so good at it so skilled at it so understanding of when to leave the zone and realize the play that they can't do any more of the play and are already moving to get themselves into the next position to intercept pucks but they are just man that is something else that team it's like a defensive yeah, cycle Sorry. Vegas just seems to be, you know, I think at, at points they make the Canucks look like a peewee team playing against <laughs> the NHL team. They are better than Vancouver at every aspect of the game, but it's the star players of the Canucks that are keeping this team in it. I mean, I think this is true. Um, tonight, you know, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, and Elias Pettersson were the only Canucks to get on the score sheet. And up to this point, not a single bottom six forward for the Canucks has a single point in this series. Like that, that's just, yeah, it's mind, mind, it's mind blowing really. Yeah. Especially, uh, I can't believe with all of the skill that's there and all of the quality scoring chances that Brandon Sutter hasn't picked up a point. That guy cannot finish in quotes. That's ridiculous. Um, uh, but you're right. I, I do. I do frequently notice Tyler Mott, though. I, I will. I will concede that for sure. Like that guy. If this whole team hustled like Mott hustled, I'm sure nobody'd be able to handle the puck. But man, that guy gets on pucks, and that guy is fun to watch. I'm sure he looks like he could be a Vegas player, really. That's what I was gonna say. He hustles like yeah. Vegas Knights do, and it's completely different than it's completely different than the way Tyler Mott plays in, in the regular season, only from an effectiveness standpoint. Right. Um, you know, if you look at regular season stats, he's constantly on the minus side of the board, his line constantly lacks in possession, but you don't keep him around for those reasons. You keep him around because he kills penalties and because he's, he's hard on opposing defenses, but that kind of play is nothing but an absolute boon in the playoffs. So man, that guy is, is, I don't usually say this about fourth liners, but that guy's fun to watch. You know who's also fun to watch for Vegas? White Cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy. He, he was entertaining tonight. That guy Man. had himself a game that I'm sure he wants to forget, and I'm sure there's, uh, there's a lot of Tylenol and a lot of ibuprofen that he's going to be uh, knocking back uh, before game six because, like, you feel – and he had a good game. But my goodness, every time something potentially awful was about to happen – he was at the absolute center of it. Like that dude hit the his face, hit the boards, or his neck hit the ice more times than I think you can even count. I mean, he had a, he had a low light reel of absolutely everything <laughs> possibly bad that could happen in a game, and he was at the absolute center. Like you got to feel like he deserved a star just like as a sympathy star. He he deserved a little bit of what he got because yeah. i mean when he came back on when he came back on mott he was i don't care what anybody says he that guy was running a pick he was running a pick on mott so that he could turn back up the ice and forecheck the defender 
And man, he got he got what he deserved on that play. You you play stupid games and win stupid prizes. <laughs> you said it, Ted. That's fair. That's fair. So I'm still looking. They haven't credited. It's a pretty gray cloud over him tonight, eh? Yeah, exactly. They haven't credited Bo with the goal. He said, said it was a pretty gray cloud over a white cloud tonight. <laughs> oh. Not My even, dad would be proud. I Heck, just, I'm proud. Not even a dad. <laughs> not even a dad, and he's busting out the big guns. So. Um, I love dad jokes, man. They, they didn't credit both the goal yet, so it's still a 2-1 game. I think they will credit, or they might just leave it alone, and I'm sure... Well, you know what? They probably will leave it alone, because I'm sure there's a lot of betters that uh, would like to make sure that that goal counted if uh, if they were going to make some money. So, um, Thankfully, they did, uh, they did get a power play to end it, which pretty much secured what this game was going to be. Um, I guess the big question is now what? Uh, I, I will like to just, uh, you're right, Ryan. You, I think you said it earlier. I can't remember if we were on, on recording or not. Uh, but you mentioned like, Hey, I really wanted the second win. Whatever happens now is all gravy. The winner loss. Do you not feel based on the division that they play in the proximity that they are to Vancouver in terms of games played, type of team that they are do you not get the feeling that las vegas could just end up being the next chicago blackhawks of the vancouver canucks 100 percent. hey it's ryan from the pp1 podcast on crier media if you're looking for a spot to advertise your company your brand your cheese wheel some beer maybe some donuts this is the spot reach out to me via dm on twitter or instagram at always 94 and i'd be more than happy to chat with you Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? 110%. I was thinking that same thing this morning. Um, when I started my day, and I, I said this to my dad too, I'm like, you know what? I'm not ready for this series to be over. I just, I don't think the Canucks are done yet. But at the same time, again, they're they're hitting out of their weight class. Absolutely. But you know what? They don't look like they're completely out of their league. They, I mean, they've earned both of these very, very like barely, but they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be here if they didn't. But you know what? Like this is a team. And I, I kind of mentioned this. Did any of you guys think that this Canucks team was just going to make it all happen and they were going to plow through the first two rounds and whoever they face, like, it, this isn't like the team of destiny. Like I love this team and I think they've got great things that are possible. This isn't exactly the team of destiny year one that they make the playoffs. Like it's not going to be what we all would love it to be. Maybe it will. Maybe this is some random run that, you know, nobody saw coming, but realistically the Canucks shouldn't win this series. They're a, they're a really fun team to play. They're getting outshot that we've talked about. They're getting out hustled on pretty much every single shift and they have to, they have to, they have to capitalize on their power plays. Other than that, like Vegas is absolutely owning them. They, they almost should have lost that St. Louis series. And thankfully I think St. Louis was ready to leave and somehow the Canucks got the upper hand on that one. Minnesota even gave them a run for their money to start like the Canucks realistically they're a good team they're not a great team and goaltending so far has been the only reason they've even had you know a lick of a chance to go as deep as they have if Demko doesn't have the game he has tonight or Markstrom doesn't have even in their win and even in their losses like some of these games are going to be absolutely out of hand ridiculous so if you really believe that the Canucks are as good as you know the the end result shows where they've got two wins like 
those two wins barely happened because Vegas, for whatever reason, just they couldn't capitalize on a few chances. Like some of these saves, you know, either goaltender has been absolutely unbelievable. So if things go at all normal for Vegas, I could easily see um, the series being over on Thursday. Um, but I am happy that they got that other win. I'm cool with it. Like I said, they're playing with house money. If this is the end of their season, I'm I'm totally okay with that. This has been a lot of fun, and there's a lot to build on. Um, I don't think this is a team of destiny, though. Yeah, I mean, I think you, for me, I'm I'm thrilled that the Canucks are playing still. Um, you know, we beat Minnesota. Some people didn't think we were going to do that. And then we beat the defending champions. Nobody thought we were going to do that. <laughs> and now we're in the best of, I don't know, you know, we're in into the sixth game against the Vegas Golden Knights, who, if they didn't collapse last year brutally against San Jose, Ooh. who could, like, they could have went all the way for a second year. And they're looking like they could do it for a third year. So as a Canucks fan, I'm just, I'm over the moon for this team. Um, really happy to see them get a two wins against Vegas. You know, I was really hoping they would at least get two. We've got that now. Um, but it's not over till it's over. And, uh, you know, they've just exceeded all expectations for me and I think for a lot of Canucks fans. You can't ask for anything more. So I'm just happy we get to watch another game on Thursday. Yeah, I I, uh, I, th- I mean, we we all did our predictions at the start of the year and I think both you guys had Vancouver making the playoffs and, and I didn't. I was that guy, right? So I remember. Uh, you know, <laughs> I... Don't I forget. didn't think I didn't think that uh, the young stars on this team had enough to pick up the dead weight from the dead weight on this team, right? And there's there's a f- significant amount of dead weight on this team. Uh, but I was wrong. I think what that means is that this team has arrived ahead of schedule, right? I mean, there's potential for there to be uh, a misstep in the following year. Uh, just growing pains, and that happens. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers are a good example of that, uh, among other teams. Uh, but yeah, it means that Hughes was probably better than we thought he was, and it means that Petey was better than he thought we thought he was, and it means that Markstrom was for real in that first half year, and it it means that Demko deserves to be up here as a as a one B starter. Um, you know, you know, I th- I think the it, it proves that the the JT Miller trade was it was an important get for Vancouver, right? Um, the the value is a whole nother thing, but it improve it proves that he was a, an important and integral piece for this squad, right? It proves that Bo was a worthy leader leader, and he stepped up and 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 did what this team needed him to do. So, uh, you know, do I think that that Vancouver has the jam to get through this series? I think there's always a puncher's chance, but I mean, if we're looking at the, the, the big scale of things, you know, it's, it's a no, if I'm a betting man, I'm obviously betting on Vegas, right? That's what, that's what you do. Um, but I do, you know, for all intents and purposes, appreciate the amount of growth that this team was gone through. Um, and then if anything, it, it makes me a little bit more mad about the amount of dead weight that's sitting on this roster in the form of, you know, all the respect in the world to Jay Beagle, because I think he does contribute on the fourth line, but 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 big contracts like Jay Beagle and Dominic Roussel. Roussel and that's not his name, but I feel like I got to say it like that because that's the way that both of broadcasters have said it. But Rooster's, Rooster's a guy who's got an expensive contract, right? I mean, if you compare him to you know any of the bottom the bottom six players in Las Vegas I mean, he's expensive and he's overpriced right and and Sutter and Erickson and oh, that stuff has got to go away the list goes on 
yeah, that stuff has got to go away if this team's going to to improve because they are right now holding this squad back from being what they can actually be, and that's a bad, bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially with the cap coming up, you know, like I think you know some people think that this team's cup windows in three or four years, but in reality, when those contracts for Pedersen and Hughes kick in. You know, our window is right now and possibly next year. But beyond that, you know, it's it's only going to get harder. Like you look at teams like Colorado or even Chicago before they, you know, before Kane and Taves got their big extensions. Like teams win when they have star players that aren't getting paid a lot of money. So, yeah, I think the perfect example of that is if you look no further than than the Seattle Seahawks and and uh, an elite level quarterback in Russell Wilson getting paid on a rookie contract. Exactly right. You have to start paying those guys. There's no room for anybody else to make money, uh, and you can't bring in the same level of talent that you would. I mean, look at Chicago having to jettison players like Troy Brower and Dustin Bufflin, and so on and so forth. I mean, they didn't want to let those guys walk, right? But I mean, you get too big for your britches, you get paid too much, you got to go, right? So you're right, Brady. The window's now in the next year or two, so they got to find a way to jettison that bad stuff so they can get some good stuff going. How about uh, we get into some of the fun parts? I guess this is an official PP1 podcast episode. So um, let's get into the dudes and guys. Dudes and guys! Brought to you by Players' Choice, Sports Cards, and Collectibles. They are You're getting better at that, man. You're getting better at that. Official Upper Deck Diamond Dealer. They're an official online retailer of Upper Deck. They got some sweet prints that you can check, and you can only find at a handful of places in Canada. Absolutely, you want to go down to their shop and check out the new stuff. They just got uh, the 2021 MVP set that just came out. It's kind of like your entry-level set, uh, but there's some pretty sweet cards. We got a, a Gabe Velarde signed uh, rookie card. Um, yeah. He was a guy that the, you know we were talking about when the Canucks potentially could have drafted him. Um, we did okay otherwise. Um, so, you know, that, that worked out. Yeah. Um, but again, they've, they got some pretty awesome stuff. And if you need to stock up on all of your, uh, you know, card holders and all that other kind of stuff, definitely a great place to be players, choice, sports cards, and collectibles. Brady, I'm going to give you digs cause you're in the motherland. Um, who was your, are we going to do guys first? Let's do guys first. Yeah. We got we to gotta end on a fun note. Yeah, I'm putting it on you. Who was your guy of the game? Nobody can see uh, this, but Brady, Brady is, Brady's under the pressure right now. He's like, ah, anybody but me, man. I like to go second. I will, yeah, I will, I'll go with Bo Horvat, actually. Um, I wanted to see more intensity from the captain. I want to see more pushback. And he was a little bit weaker on the draws. I mean, for once in his life. Uh, but that's not acceptable in a game like this. We need him to be... You know, winning those draws, being a captain, being a leader, getting out there, you know, getting shots on goal. And I'd like to see him, you know, be a bit more aggressive. Like when people are going after our star players, I'd like to see him have a little more, a little more bite, a little more fight back, you know. And I just, I think he's a little quiet. And, you know, in a big game like this, I just wanted more out of Captain Bo. Before I let Ted get into this, Brady, I want to commend you on your choice and your reasoning on why you picked Bo. That is probably like the best like encapsulation of what ha- needs to happen. You're absolutely a hundred percent right. I want to see Bo Horvat be an absolute dog next game. And you're right. His I noticed it too. His faceoffs were absolutely garbage this game, and that's coming from a guy that is essentially perfect. So yeah, I applaud. I mean, you. he's got a yeah. Sorry, he's got a 
he's got a wife and a baby at home, right? So maybe he's, you know, thinking, well, maybe I can pack the bags. But no, that's not what captains do, right? You got to go out there and you got to you gotta get the win. You got to play hard. You got to lead. You got to lead this team. He wants this, not a wedding ring. He wants the Stanley Cup ring. He wants, he wants a cup ring. He yeah. wants to bring it home to his baby boy. He wants to bring it home wouldn't to that, Wouldn't that be something, right? Oh, I'd cry too. Ted? Who's Brady, uh, Brady, I'm with you on that bow pick. I, 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 I know what you're talking about, and it actually walks me down like a weird path because for all the things that nice guy Bo does for this squad, and he does a lot, and I, I loved hearing him call out Vertanen, you know, during the bubble practices and stuff really before this all started. Um, because I feel like that's the first time I've heard him speak with any angst at all, right? But do you, do you get the feeling that there's another guy skating around this team right now and this 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 ice surface pounding on his chest a little bit and making guys follow him because he's that guy that's going to step up and, and take care of business right now? Because I get that feeling, and obviously, you know, JT Miller's giving me those vibes, right? But I think uh, maybe what that does is it Bo being Bo and, and sort of – having that captain Canada vibe to him, maybe that frees up JT to do those other things, right? Maybe that frees him up to take a bad penalty to go spill a guy for, for busting up PD a little bit and maybe be physical and, and, and be angry with this team and hold this team accountable because Bo's doing other things. So I think there's potential for a strong leadership group, but I do agree. It would be nice to see Bo bring a little bit more jam to his game. Uh, just a little bit of meanness, a little bit of bite, right? I'm, I'm with you on that one. So good pick on that. I like that a lot, B. Thanks, man. And did you see, uh, speaking of bite, did you see JT Miller uh, kind of in front of the net there? They're, like the Vegas was, they were coming towards the net, whistle was blowing, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he turned around and cross-checked Ryan Reeves in the face. I saw it. Yes, he did. <laughs> that was awesome. I wanted to see the replay. They didn't show it, but you know, I had to rewind and watch it again. So <laughs> loved yeah. it. Loved it. He's not afraid. Somebody was there, yeah. I want to uh, see that from Bo. I want to see that from Bo. Yeah, I, I get it. I think he could definitely learn a thing from, or two from JT Miller, and I think he is. So, yeah, good point. I like that one. Still not worth the first round pick. <laughs> oh, we're not going there today. Just kidding. We're not going no. there. I loved the trade. I've always hey, loved the trade. Hey, I didn't say I didn't say that it wasn't worth the first round pick. I said that they didn't have to pay the first round pick. It's a little different. Uh, I love I love I love JT Miller. I love that we have JT Miller. Uh, I just think that they could have theoretically paid less. That's all. Not saying it's a bad trade. So who's your guy? It's probably the best trade we've ever made. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, that's Stoyanov for Nazlin. Let's get real. Mm-hmm. So who's your guy? Uh, yeah, one guy was a firefighter the next year out of the league. Worked out well. <laughs> one guy won an MVP. <laughs> what a hell of a good firefighter. Maybe. He's a really good, super nice guy, too. Uh, okay, guy for me this week. Uh yeah, man, I felt like initially I wanted to say the entire bottom six, but but then I feel like I need a lot more from guys like Toffoli and Pearson, and I'm going to call up Tanner Pearson again. Guy's not doing anything for me. I think he's a dangerous guy that should be a shooter uh, who we desperately need some additional secondary scoring from, and, and uh, to me, he's not, he's not getting done. I saw him turn over pucks two or three times again in that sort of half board spot where we were talking about when breakouts were ready to happen uh, that led to turnovers, bobbled play on a stick that led to a turnover and almost scoring chance. I'm sure you guys know what, what I'm talking about on that. Uh, if you're not scoring, I, I, I just need more from him from a defensive standpoint to not make mistakes that are causing uh, scoring chances. So my guy, Tanner Pearson. 
Okay. I I thought he had an okay game. I thought he was one of the more noticeable, good or bad. I yeah, it was, it was okay, like a guy. He was like, he yeah. was okay. You know what? But he basically embodies he embodies what a guy is. So, you know, you could go either way, I suppose. The guy. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I think I got to go with Antoine Roussel. I think, Dominic, sorry, you mean Dominic. No, I'm going to go with the actual player that plays for Vancouver. <laughs> you guys saw that, right? That yeah. happened in Brady's game, the one he watched, and then it happened, Cuthbert did it too, yeah, right? Yeah, that was great, and I'm like, are they going to correct? Are they going to correct this? And then they made a, a funny comment, so no, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I. he just seems like, I don't even know if, is he, is he trying too hard? Is he trying to overdo his role? Is he doing enough in his role? Like Antoine Roussel is just kind of all over the place. I just I, I can't see him coming out of the lineup, but at the same time, like it just seems like he's bringing he's bringing the wrong kind of energy when he's on the ice. Whether it's you know like the B King's fine. I just I don't think that is mattering in this series. Clearly, we've kind of put that whole scenario to bed. But I just find like he's just one more of those guys that does need to step up. Um, I was kind of thinking Sutter too, but I can leave that alone. That's probably low-hanging fruit. Um, I, I do think Antoine Roussel needs to bring a little bit more to this series because I still think he can be a bit of an X factor in this one. He he is one of those guys that he could make the right hit on the right guy, especially March or so. I think he is ripe for the picking right now on absolutely just internally exploding and causing just an absolute fit. So I think if we can play around with him, Alex Tuck, they kept him at bay for the most part tonight. Um, but I'd love to see March or so just go absolutely nuts out there because I think they figured him out a little bit. And clearly on Instagram, that was uh, pretty evident after the loss. So for me, my guy, uh, I'm going to say of the weekend of this game anyway, would be Antoine Roussel. I think there is more um, that he can bring to this series. And I mean, if he does, I could see the Canucks actually making this to seven games. So he's there are certain guys on this team that for their roles and the minutes that they bring, they bring just enough that can get you over that little hump of a bad part of the game to allow um, the top six anyway to um, force pressure when they've already held the zone for a little bit. So my guy of the game and of the week is Antoine Roussel. There you go. Yeah, Ryan, I, I, I agree with you. It's For some reason, hey in a win in a two, one win, three, one win. We haven't decided yet. It's, it was surprisingly easy to pick guys. Wasn't it? I mean, there was a bunch of guys we could have chosen from in, in a win, which doesn't happen very often. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier too, right? I feel like he's almost a little bit miscast. Like, what are you? Are you a checker? Are you, are you a defensive forward? Are you an agitator? But you can't agitate in this game because the refs have sort of, pushed you into that spot right like what what are you i think he's you're right he's a little bit miscast but we do know that rooster can skate and we do know that rooster can check and so if that's what he has to do to play on that bottom six then then do it but do it responsibly i want to add one thing to my my guy play of the game that led to the goal actually i thought that thatcher demko pulled a marquee on the the clear out that led to the goal if he would have played it the other way out of danger instead of into traffic along the boards there, that goal wouldn't have happened. And the Canucks actually, I don't know if they score after that, but uh, when it was still 0-0, that goal uh, or that, that clear out attempt that he made up the boards that led to Theodore, you know, undressing the entire Canucks team, um, I thought could have been avoided. And right away, my very first thought was, you know, that's exactly what Markstrom would have done. 
Um, I did like, though, that, you know, Demko stayed in his net for the most part and he didn't try to venture out and, you know, go out on a hike or something. So um, that, <laughs> that, that was my, uh, my misplay of the game. So let's get into dudes, though. Um, Ted, I'm going to go right back at you. Who's your dude of the game? Well, I think I talked a little bit about him just a few minutes ago, but I'm going to go right back to JT Miller on this one. I, th- I think uh, he's a, he's he was he's acting like that drag troops into the fire guy, and I love that uh, when Marshall, you know, draped himself all over PD and tossed him into the corner. That the guy that jumped in, as it's been for the most part this series, was JT Miller. Um, so he continues to be a physical forward who don't take no crap off of nobody in front of the net. Uh, you know, he's doling out punishment. He's, he's, he's physical. He's in the refs here. He's, he's constantly jawing at players, but doing it in a responsible way. And then he's also taking important face-offs from time to time. Uh, you know, aside from, from logging just under 20 minutes tonight, coming up with two assists and could have easily had uh, a goal in that first shot of the game. So, uh, my guy for this game was JT Miller. He was uh, full value for me on this one. Your dude. Dude, that's right. You, you got you got to have some sort of record for messing that up, Ted. <laughs> it's almost—it's like a weekly it's occurrence. Not much, it's not as much as the the Ben thing. I think I'm a little bit screwed up. I think when we it's a toss up. up. It's a toss yeah. up for sure. So I'm here. I'm gonna keep making mistakes. Uh, so just watch for them, okay? <laughs> love you, man. It's all love. I can just say it though. It's all good. We love you, Brady. <laughs> Yeah, uh, do you want you want to go ahead, Ryan? You know what? I do. My yeah, go ahead. My due to the game is none other than Brock Besser. <laughs> That's new. That's what happens when you have the mixer. You can do cool things like that. Holy shit! Brock You've been Besser. holding out on this man. I have. You guys also told me not to use it. So <laughs> I've, I've, when? I've, when did I say that? When I first can we add it. like noises and stuff to it? I don't know. Let's let's see another one. I'm gonna do a different one. I like it. I like it. He, the goal that he scored, I, I, I've been waiting. I needed Brock to be a part of this game and he scored such an impactful, meaningful goal. Um, JT Miller, as, as you mentioned, Ted, you know, kind of led for that goal to happen. Um, just absolutely stunned that he's still a part of this series that is meaningful. Um, he was robbed of a second goal by this Pedersen guy um, with probably one of the nicest, like, <laughs> rando tips, even though we all know Pedersen knew exactly what he was doing. Um, so he was, you know, robbed of a goal. But my goodness, Brock had a really good game. I liked his pressure. I liked his forecheck. Um, I thought he was definitely one of the better players in the game. And for me, um, it it absolutely, it absolutely had to be Brock Besser. That's great. <laughs> could it be yeah well it's the obvious choice you know save the best for last uh thatcher demko the rookie goaltender i mean i don't think i really have to say it much more than that i mean if you watched the game you knew he was beyond amazing and uh he's proven that he can you know handle big pressure situations and I don't know if you can ask him to do it again in game six. They're probably going to have to, but uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. My dude of game five is Thatcher Demko. Well-deserved. Totally well-deserved. And we're talking because of that. Uh, I just want to maybe throw out an honorable mention to Quinn Hughes. Sets an NHL rookie record for most points by a defenseman in the playoffs, passing some guy named Al McInnes. And everybody knows who Yannina is, so. 
That is yeah. crazy, man. He yeah. he he just loves shattering records. Like how many? I would like to know how many NHL records he's broken in a single season. Well, let's uh, let's look that up. But I think the crazy part is obviously, uh, I mean, we obviously are counting the Minnesota series, right? Uh, so there's a few games sprinkled in there. Uh, and then obviously the second series, we're into what would be a third series now if we're sort of prorating it to what sort of McInnes and Ninema did. But I think both those guys set records on the way through playoff runs that went to Stanley Cup finals. I'm not sure. So, I mean, prorated, this guy could just smash records if we just play a few more games. So excited to see what... Uh, little Quinn who a bunch of GMs passed on can do you know one who, game at a time one game at a time you know who I've enjoyed watching um, besides Quinn Hughes the other absolutely amazing defenseman that wasn't in this series Mira Heiskanen oh, yeah. that dude is nasty nasty sauce out there like just watching him play I'm thinking like we're getting jacked up on the Quinn Hughes juice imagine if we had Heiskanen just imagine just stir it up, stir it up. Brady, have you been watching that series? No, not much, to oh, be honest man. with you. You should check out uh, and He's amazing. I, I, Unfortunately, uh, let's just say, for the sake of conversation, the Canucks get through it and they face Dallas, you will see a lot, a lot of Mir Heiskanen. Unfortunately, probably for bad reasons. So, I mean... Dallas or Colorado, it's it's. I mean, you know, that's two wins away. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I mean, the McCarr Hughes matchup, the Heiskanen Hughes matchup, it's to die for. Yeah, it it. There's there's lots of good storylines. Um, guys, we are gonna be going to Game Six. This has been so much fun to get to talk again. I was hoping I wouldn't have to have a different start to this podcast tonight. Um. Let's maybe just do a quick little uh, keys to victory for game six if the Canucks are going to force a final game seven. Um, Brady, what would be what would be one of your keys to the victory? Well, I'm going to stray away from the obvious, and I'm going to say, you know, as I don't know if the Canucks just don't have it or if, you know, the, the players are just playing really bad. It might be a mixture of both. But if we can get... Um, you know, some some goal scoring from the bottom six. I think that would go a long way against Vegas in game six because our top six has been doing it all and they need a break too. So I would love to see that. So, man, you ruined it, Ted. I'm trying to concentrate on what Brady has to say and you're just ruining it in the, the group chat. Jeez. So just for that, you got to talk next. What's your key to victory, you big jerk? Uh, I just... A, a balanced effort, more shots. They they need to continue to convert on the power play, and we got to get back to winning faceoffs because uh, although Bo dominated in the game prior to that, I think if they can just get possession, then then they don't have to deal with that um, that ridiculous Vegas forecheck right off the bat. Um, so more balanced effort, a better overall fit defensively for this team, uh, and continue to convert on the power play. And then if we're all being honest we need to have another lights out game from another Canucks goaltender. So that's going to happen all of the rest of the way for us to win. So, you know, what's crazy in the last four games, there's been a different goaltender each game that has won combined. Leonard, yeah, I guess that would be true. Eh? Leonard, yeah. Leonard Fleury, Markstrom, and now Demko. Isn't that nuts? You don't see that in the playoff series very often. I wonder the last time that happened. 
I think you'd have to look pretty deep, and I don't know how you filter those results. So I'm not going to bother. My key to the game for them to win is to do something that uh, it's going to be pretty tough considering they were outshot. What did we say? It was about a billion to 10, I think. Pretty close, right? Um, don't dump and chase and assume that it's going to be okay. Maybe try to gain entry into the zone instead of just flipping it up and hoping for the best. You actually have a team that can hold possession. Maybe try that. It's worked for them. It works on their power play. They have guys that can carry the puck. They've got Quinn Hughes. they got Petey. Bo, JT Miller, even to Foley. They've got guys that can do it. So maybe instead of freaking out and thinking, oh man, we'll just find our, our moment, you're not going to get a moment if they have the puck the entire time. So um, pretty obvious one, pretty straightforward. But my key to the victory for game six would be uh, don't dump and chase. It's boring. Hey, guys. Hi. We're still, we're still standing. We are still standing. Can you believe it? I, it I, I actually can't, but <laughs> I think, like no, the answer would be no. Um, I think we've kind of figured everything out for this week. We are at that time. It's an hour. Um, guys, let's wrap up. Any final words from you, Brady? No, man. Um, I'll be buzzing for game six. Let's go. Nice, nice, nice. Ted, any final words? uh congratulations on your new digs and making your way out to to vancouver b we miss you already yeah thanks buddy uh, i'm sorry we couldn't do any more in-house episodes during covid but uh we'll make sure that at some point we get down there and we'll do one hell yeah man for sure i promise the kids if it happens we're coming to vancouver <laughs> nice they're they're just happy because they'd get pulled out of school i'm like well it would be uh, a life-changing event so i think we'll go but well, if the Canucks make the finals, you guys got to come down and watch a game. Well, yeah, sleeping on your couch, shotgun couch. Perfect. I, I think I could just afford a hotel room. I think, I think I could do that. Maybe the Wall Center. You never know. We'll see. Um, okay. Guys, this has been awesome. So uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all those fancy things that you do. Obviously, if you're listening, you, you already know those things. So um, hopefully we can do this again on Thursday night. Heck, hopefully we can do this again on Friday night. Wouldn't that be great? Um, on behalf of Brady, who's now in Vancouver, Ted, who is still currently in the same house that he was last time, and myself, Ryan, this is the PP1 podcast. This is a post-game Canucks win podcast. When the Canucks win, you win. You guys have a great evening. Peace. Peace. Peace out. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Hi, I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. 
If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts.